Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wide Wonders Get on the Bus podcast, where we try very hard to think lightly of ourselves and deeply of the world we live and love in. Our mission at Wide Wonder is to talk about addiction and mental injury stigma and also emotional injury stigma. Why? Because stigma is everywhere. It's in our policies, it's in our doctor's offices, it's in individuals, even those suffering from addiction and mental illness, and it holds everything back. It holds back needle exchanges, even though for decades, decades, studies have repeatedly found that needle exchanges help prevent the spread of diseases, such as HIV and Hep C, that can spread through used syringes while not, I repeat, not increasing overall drug use. It holds back widespread adoption of addiction medicine, despite all the empirical evidence, empirical evidence that it is effective. Medications are actually considered the gold standard of care for opioid use disorder yet they're rejected because people addicted to drugs are still being blamed for their condition. And sadly, very, very sadly, the majority of treatment providers look at it as a crutch rather than an ally. This stigmatized lens is sadly responsible for the loss of life. And we just can't have that anymore. That's got to stop. Stigma holds back context for how people actually end up becoming addicted. It holds back people understanding the difference. This is a big one. I just, I find it so fascinating that it continues to perplex people. The difference between dependence and addiction. We get to know this, folks. We get to know the facts about this. It's super important when it comes to stigma. So let's work on that, okay? We're going to do a whole podcast on that. We need to do that. And finally, no, not finally. It also holds back family healing. We can't heal when we live in stigma. It holds back connection, true healthy connection. And finally, here's the finally, stigma, it holds back compassion and empathy. The two most powerful ingredients needed to move people towards wholeness, ourselves and the people that we love. Take a breath. So my next guest was on my second podcast but remotely then, earlier this year. But it was so inspiring that when I knew I was going to be in close proximity, I just had to get together in person and have him get on the bus. What I appreciate most about my guest is that his ultimate goal is world peace. I love a moonshot. Let's go for it. I'm with you, Kevin, any way that I can help. And he knows that we can get there by focusing on our emotional health, not just our mental health. Can't wait to talk more about that. Look forward to exploring that among other things as we go deep and wide to talk about many aspects of the journey we are both on to help others live their best life through healthy connections with the people who mean the most to them, their inner circle our inner circle, the most important people in our lives, get the best of us if we can focus on our emotional health. So without further ado, 
Let's get on the bus, this time literally, with Kevin Strauss. So what we were just talking about was... Oh, we had priorities and values. Yeah, it's kind of like... Oh, an addiction versus... Dependence. Dependence. Yeah, because you can be dependent. You can still, in each of those cases, what's similar is that there's a withdrawal, right? There's a detoxification. There's a withdrawal. And there's tolerance. Those are similar. And actually, the confusion comes because the DSM-5 used to use the word dependence in their definition of addiction, and they took it out. Okay. Okay. So that's been an evolution because there was some... That sounds like a good evolution. It's a great evolution. Yeah, that sounds good. Right now, we've got people, including the New York Times, writing articles like babies are addicted, like babies born addicted. Babies can't be born addicted because you have to pursue your relationship with behavior that you're pursuing. But we're using this interchangeably. Exactly. And so it's so so I have to on a fairly regular basis. I'm writing the New York Times saying you got to stop this. Yeah. You need to get with it and understand yeah. what you're talking about because you have a platform that's confusing people and you need to straighten it out. And and it's such a credible platform exactly. that people take it kind of as the gospel. I, I wrote a comment. It might have been on, on one of your posts on LinkedIn um, or someone else, something else that I saw. But And I read this whole article and it was, it was either New York Times or it was some other really credible resource. And... They they completely had it wrong. I know, and I'm like, this is not right, and this is adding to the problem. And this is my big issue with, I'll I'll just say it with the medical field, with the whole mental health industry, is we keep talking about things, and and I don't want to get into a right and wrong, but sometimes there is a right and wrong, and when we continue to talk about it or try and address something incorrectly and then more people continue to try and follow that path we just add more more of a head of steam to the incorrect path which makes following the correct path so much more difficult yeah and we are so far down this incorrect path that we've basically been following since like freud and before when there are some good things coming out of you know freud's work and young and rogers and so on but but if we continue to follow this path for over 100 years and everything's getting worse, <laughs> how is this the right path? Right. How is this possibly the right path? Right. And think about that in the trajectory of people we're trying to help because we're saying the same thing to them. In the context That's of right. what's going on with them, we're saying, how can you keep doing it the same way, expecting a different result? Yeah. yeah. And yet, wait a minute. That's what, That's we're, what doing. we're doing. That's what AA's been doing. Right. That's what... You know, any of these. So that brings us around to something really important. This idea of um, modeling, right? Because what you talk about is it starts with parenting and parenting is modeling. It's totally you're sort of on stage and you're 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 acting out yourself as you understand yourself. Yeah. In the context of your own upbringing. Absolutely. Right. All you know. Right. All you know. And then you bring this other being into the world. And unknowingly, I believe most of the time oh, we yeah. can agree, mm-hmm. um, we're perpetrating some some bad information. Or yeah, we're, 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 yeah, we're, we're modeling, we're modeling. The, the destructive type behavior, yeah. and and children or mammals learn by mimicking. You know, we follow around. 
you know, our caregiver, whoever's keeping us alive with food and shelter. Um, and we mimic them and we learn everything from them. I mean, yes, there are outside influences here and there, but for the most part, especially for a child and a child, um, you know, that's one week, two weeks, three months, one year, two years, three years old, right. they, they will die without their parents, right. you know, and they don't have, they certainly don't have self-awareness at this point. Their, their brains are still developing and, and they're, again, back to the modeling and mimicry is, you know, you, your brain, a, a human baby's brain is in this theta wave pattern for like the first five, six, whatever years of life, right. it's like six years of life, right. basically. Yeah. So theta wave pattern is like access to your subconscious brain. So everything you're exposed, this is how- This I is think, programming. This is programming. And I think this is why my little ones learn so quickly because- Languages. They, languages and just behaviors, behaviors in general, yeah. or and how to adapt to their environment mm -hmm. because it's going right into their subconscious and that's where most of your behaviors are coming from. Right. And if you listen to, to some of these, the neuroscientists, um, <laughs> um, Dispenza, I think I forget his name. He's on, you know, the secret and what the bleep do we know? Mm -hmm. Um, he's been interviewed, uh, E hyphen motion 2.0. Um, he's like, yeah, 95% of your behaviors are coming from your subconscious. Only 5% of your behaviors, your actions, what you do is coming from your conscious brain. So we think that's we're because so, of that beginning part of life, the it, first six years, the right, theta waves, just to get started, all downloaded, it all gets downloaded and wired in. And whatever narrative you build in, or however the narrative gets created in your brain, that's what gets wired in. Yeah. So even if the parent, so nature is, nurture is going on, so, and it's but it's so much nurture. nurture. It's yeah. so much nurture. Yeah. And, and we, it's like we refuse to acknowledge that because yeah. we think we're so intelligent as right. humans, but we're just animals right. a little higher up on the food chain. It feels like a distraction, this whole thing, this emphasis that people put on brain circuitry yes. in a vacuum kind yes. of thing. Yes. And it's, this is like, why look at, look at Look at how smart we are as we, look as at we how go smart into we the are. brain. Look at all the stuff that the we've super done. Supercomputer. But we don't know. The imaging. And you're like, yeah, but. And we think we can control it all. But we can Isn't that the ultimate goal? Well, that's what people are trying to do. They're right. Trying to through pharmacology, it. through well, just through through so many of these behavior therapies. modifications. <laughs> well, behavior modification, which I'm published in behavior modification, mm. and I know that that you can with some repetitive kind of work like CBT, let's say, for example, you can get positive results. Absolutely. But you know, you're not fixing everyone straight off. That, that, that doesn't work. Oh, everyone's a little different. No, we're not. We're not that different. That's the thing. Well, talk about that because I think that's important. It is for me an important distinction because I believe there's this notion that our path or our track should be towards uncovering how we are unique in the world. But that needs context, right? Because, that needs context Because... Too. When it comes down to, as far as what I've come to know, come to believe over time, is that yes, that idea of uniqueness is important. However, with context, you realize that the differences are in like the one percentage mark, right? So you and I, right. I like agree that. in a lot of things, mm -hmm. right? We do. And we express ourselves in certain ways, but the uniqueness is sort of how we word it, 
how we reframe, how we just talk about it in our own uniqueness, coming from how we were programmed, what we've experienced. From our environment, the, our history of our experiences. Exactly. Our and that's that important. Yeah. And that's important to recognize well, and to like, honor. I really yeah. like what you said about that 1% because yeah. I, I'm always saying, you know, humans, we, we all have the same basic needs. We are all similar. Yeah. We all need water. Yeah. We all need air. We all need food. Of some kind, we need nourishment. We need connection. We need shelter and we need love. Yes. We need connection. Yes. And and our brains were designed for connection. We know that when you feel connected, like right now, I'm getting this oxytocin release in my brain. Yes. Because I'm feeling connected to you. Totally. And, and it's powerful. But I don't know of a study at this time, and I haven't looked extensively, but I don't know of any study showing that you can love yourself and release oxytocin. <laughs> I don't know of any. No, this is really important. I'm half joking, but I'm no, half but it's, serious. It's super important to we, talk about. Because so much of this therapy and self-help that we've been, you know, that's been thrown at us is saying, oh, you need to meditate more. You have to love yourself first. You need to be more mindful, which are all good, um, all good uh tactics or you know mm, strategies. practices yeah. strategies yeah. yes they're all they all yeah. have their value but they still don't address the fundamental issue of connection and love connection belonging i use those fairly synonymously mm -hmm. if we don't feel those we're not getting the oxytocin release the dopamine well you can get the dopamine and the serotonin from other means yes but i don't know I think I think pregnant women get an oxytocin yes. release. Maybe that's why they're connecting to the baby more so. I don't know. But if we 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 all do have these basic needs and if we don't get them, we struggle yeah. and we're in pain. Yeah. And and then we then that's where we go to doing anything that we can do as a human to avoid pain or to ease our pain. Yeah. And in the absence of knowing how to connect, and we know from the research that Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter are not really providing that deep connection that we need, without, the, without a tool, without a way, without of knowing of how to actually connect, which we didn't learn from our parents, we will find a way to ease our pain. And that's where behavior comes from. We, we turn to behaviors to ease our pain. We buy things we don't need. We buy the latest iPhone. We get the newest, shiniest car. Guilty. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, you know, I'm looking at backpacking yeah. gear that I yeah. really don't need yeah. right now, but you know. But I again, can... this it requires context, right? Mm -hmm. we, we get to be contextualist if we want to change the relationship we have now that's been seemingly wired into us by really good marketing and advertising. Oh, because I feel yeah, like yeah. that's the modern, that's like the, that's the thing that you start noticing after the six year time of programming and downloading to your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Then you get into this thing where it's like, <laughs> where you have all these outside forces, right? This other centric life begins, right? right? right. Because before that. Yes. And you haven't really learned from the zero to six, you haven't really learned the, oh my gosh, I really hate to say the, the real values, but again, back to what humans need, basic needs, not desires, not wants. Right. What do you need? You need love. And if you never learned 
what it feels like to be loved, you're going to struggle. Yeah. And you're going to struggle to receive it. And you're going to struggle to show it. Yeah. And you're going to struggle to give it to yourself too. Yeah. No matter how many self-help, self-help books you Easy read, you, you know, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're still going to struggle it's because, true. because it's not addressing the core issue. I can right. work on myself all I want, but if I don't connect authentically with someone else, then that need is not being fulfilled. Yeah. And, and then, and I will say, I, I believe parents love their kids unconditionally, yes. but they can only do what they know and what they learned and what they learned. You know, my parents were born right around 1940, late thirties, 1940. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they, they had food and shelter, you know, my dad went to college and law school. Um, so he was doing pretty well, you know, as a 1950s, you know, teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, but his parents, you know, his mom was born in 1903, you know, you know, indoor plumbing, you know, regular meals, you know, having food available you're still like in survival mode a lot of like in the early 1900s. A lot of unpredictability, a lot of uncertainty. You don't know where your next meal is coming That's from. Right. Or let's go back just one more generation yeah. to her parent, my grandmother's parents. So my great grandparents yeah. growing up in the, in the 1800s, yeah. food is not readily available. So if you don't have your basic needs to survive being met, then who cares about your emotional needs, your need to connect that is not even a priority other than maybe to hunt together because mm-hmm. yeah. um, you're better off hunting together than solo. But if your needs to just survive are not being met, then nothing else really matters. And anything before the late 1800s, again, yeah. you know, you're just trying to survive. Yeah. And even today, 80% of the world's population does not have enough food or water in a given day. That is 2019 statistics. That is mind-boggling. Which means most people are still just trying to survive. But that 20% that is surviving is self-destructing. And by self-destructing, I mean hurting ourselves or hurting others. So the, the species is yes. self-destructing. Yeah. Don't even get me started on the environment. Yeah. So... You know, but we don't know how to nurture emotionally and we call it mental because we think, you know, we think we can control everything, but we can't. Right. If it's mental, then we can fix it. If it's mental, then we can fix it. But how's that been working out for us? Not really well. Not really well at all. Everything's getting worse. Yeah. And and sure, I just, this was like yesterday or the day before, um, this article like, okay, sure, cigarette smoking for teenagers has gone down. We're doing something right. Are we? Really? Because depression, anxiety, and suicide is way up. So all we're doing is trading one one destructive behavior, smoking cigarettes, for another destructive behavior, depression, suicide, anxiety. These are, are in your view, and becoming more, in my view, emotional disorders. These are emotional... Um, and I, don't I don't know even, what you call them I after that. I don't even that. like the word right. disorder. No, I agree with you. I, I, when I said that, I was like, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. I, these are these are compensatory constructs, compensatory yeah. behaviors yeah. for emotional pain or unmet emotional needs. Yeah, they're just they're just so compensatory behavior. It's just a na- it is a reaction that happens a reaction. because of real 
things that are tangible that we can in your point environment, to in your environment, in your environment. Yeah. And we and the research and and I'll so why are we so convoluted about this? It seems like a really you know what I mean? I, I know that's, that's a such huge, a great question. But I mean, it, to me, when I think about it now, and, and I am I am motivated because of my own personal background, my own personal experience, my own evolution, and now having children, I am so motivated yes. to take this from this convoluted thing that exists in so much noise and chaos of everybody competing to say that we know what it is and we know how to fix it. Yeah. To actually getting something done because I have a generation that's going to go on that I want them to have none of that friction. I want them to be yeah. able to look at this as a mathematical equation that's kind of like one plus one plus one <laughs> plus one equals, you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of something that's more ego-based, like, oh, and I'm and I'm messed up and, you know, they did this to me. Yeah, you're this, broken, you're, fix this, yes, do that. All of that noise that really right. keeps us from something that I am starting to understand through developing relationships with you and reading stuff that I'm reading, that I'm gravitating to, mm -hmm. is this idea of we are a simple people who complicate the shit out of things. Oh, thank you. I just had a big like cleansing breath on that. You know, like I, I feel it. You know, I feel yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We do. We overcomplicate it. Oh. We, we try to think our way through it, and but that gets back to feelings yes. and how we have we have now. You know, for for oh my god, centuries, we have identified feelings as a weakness. Yeah, feelings are frowned upon feelings are bad you know they're oh, brushed well, off if you can have a happy yeah. feeling that's fine but any yeah, yeah. anything feeling? else oh no forget about <laughs> yeah. that you know right. got to be happy which is all of our personas on on the social platforms right but to your bigger question um you know i've been thinking about this stuff for a long time and yeah. i'm still you know the more I learn, You're obviously, evolving. the more I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, I, actually, I think I've got a pretty good clue, but I'm still, there's always more to learn. And the more I learn, the more I'm like, oh my God, there's more to learn. Yeah, you know? yeah. But your bigger question, can you restate the bigger question? So, so to me, the question is, and I think about this in the context of what I have been doing for the last 17 years, is trying to want to understand why uh, we're not getting out in front uh, of addiction. Okay. Right? Okay. So here's, Why are we constantly oh playing catch up? Yes. Well, so we're not even catch up. We're just. Oh my behind. gosh. Yeah. So here's where I've kind of landed. Yeah. And I, I think about this stuff a lot yes. and, and really heavily since like 2001. Um, <laughs> but even, even before that, when I was a teenager, so going back like 34 years, yeah. basically is when I really started thinking about this kind of stuff. But What's what's so unfortunate is that exactly what we need to be doing is we're preventing ourselves from doing it because and that's what we need. Right. So it's right. it's our own poor emotional health that is preventing us from from nurturing our emotional health, but we won't nurture it because our emotional is so poor. Right. And we just we're just in this horrible negative feedback loop or or more often, sadly, it's a downward spiral mm. is what I see because yeah. the addictions get worse and worse and worse. Or not the let's not even say addiction. Yes. Let's just say the behaviors become more and more and more destructive yeah. to you and to others. Yeah. 
And, and we just keep following down that path. You know, I have to like busy is a great example. Now I'm, I'm so busy. I'm so busy, which is like a badge of honor now, which you can't keep up being busy all the time. And we use busy as this way to one, distract ourselves and avoid sitting with our feelings yeah. and experiencing our feelings. Yeah. But we use busy, um, as a way it's just a way to stay on the treadmill is, is not get off it. And, and I just can avoid everything. And now I'll never keep it up, but then I'm getting more burned out. So now I need more caffeine to keep me up. And then I need some alcohol in the evening to bring me down so I can sleep, but I have to get more done. And why, what is so, what is the allure of being busy? And I would say a big allure is if I'm busy, I must be important. I must matter. Now it gets down to something. I have value if I'm busy. Value. The busier I am, the more valuable I am to the world or to myself. To myself. And I've got so much going on. Yeah. I'm so important. (laughs) I matter. You know, people, people like me. People love me. Oh, that's what it is. Likes. I need likes. I need to feel valued. I need to feel heard. I need to feel like I matter. I need to feel loved. And, and, love and connection and and belonging feeling heard feeling valued feeling like you matter that's what nurtures our emotional health oh my god and if i never learned that as a child if i only learned as a child well if you get good grades then i will love you and if you get bad grades then you go to your room without dinner yeah i right? just had an incredible aha moment about this you know this the, the values factor dr uh uh martini is his name i think that's his name anyway i'll I'll, I'll make that clear in the, in the show notes, but he's the one that wrote the values factor. And we were talking about oh, this earlier right. about how many people actually know intimately right now, wherever you are on the timeline, what your actual value system is, your high values. And so far there's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what are those? Do you know those? Have, have you ever had a conversation? Have mm-hmm. you ever written them down? Absolutely. In the context of not like, honesty and integrity and, and, uh, you know, social norms and mm-hmm. political ideologies and things that necessarily have a wide spectrum. But what is it to you? That is what you love, desire, Absolutely. and choose Absolutely. something that is indeterminable by your fingerprint, like a voice print. It is that unique to you because it is an expression of some of your love for mm-hmm. something that you love to do. Mm-hmm. Think about, right. Whatever the activity is, Whatever it is. Whatever it is that matters to you. So what happens is in the context of his story is that what is your biggest void as a child becomes your highest value when you grow up. So whatever it is in a void. And then I thought when you were thinking, when you were talking, I was saying, oh, my God, generationally, we have a huge void of the building blocks of a healthy emotional life. Yeah, and and I think we have had that for a so there's long a void, time. a long time. It's an there's unmet a void. need. An unmet need is a void. Yes, and he says so. For instance, if somebody grows up in great poverty, almost without fail, money becomes a high value. Success becomes a high value, which makes sense because it's makes also sense. it's also going to you know the the poverty the money factor um, can you know that affects your 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 ability to survive, you know, to exist. Like you, in, in today's world, you need money for the most part, unless you're going to go live in the woods under a tarp or something, which you can do, you yeah. know, yeah. but you, 
it, it's a it's a security factor. Mm-hmm. And and if you you know follow with Maslow's needs, um, which are not a straight hierarchy, if you read the original paper, you, yeah. you actually do bounce around and back and forth and yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, it's, it's not important. just a strict hierarchy like the pyramid. Yeah, but you know, safety and security, you know, and money is a big safety factor. Now, if I can't afford to put a roof over my head and I don't know how to make my own shelter, if I can't afford to go to the grocery store and buy food and I don't know how to hunt and, and, you know, um, gather, mm-hmm. uh, literally, yeah. um, I don't know which mushrooms to eat and so on that I see in the woods. So yeah, then it becomes a priority. Yeah. And understandably. And in modern society, it's unsurvivable. You can't survive. Exactly. You you literally on your way to being extinct. Right. If you can't do right. those things. Right. When you don't have the resources or you don't have, you have the big void. You're still living in that void. Yeah. And you're living in uncertainty. You're in survival mode, fight or yeah. flight. Yes. And you, yes. you and then you actually will, which many people do on a spectrum, will actually go against their value system. In order to create certainty, yeah, right within a corporate or system, somebody will say, you in know, some like some way address that unmet need unmet in a need different way, in a way that could be illegal, could be it, very, it, could be a big risk, could be very destructive. You could steal, could be you very could embezzle, yeah. you could do all kinds of things, all kinds of things because of the fears that come with some incredible void. As, well, at this as, point, the fear yeah. is not being able to afford your home or your food again back to your basic needs to survive shelter and if you're only dealing with survival if survival is your immediate need (laughs) then who cares about your your thriving needs which i think emotional health although some argue otherwise but and i can go i i can this can definitely be discussed um your your emotional needs are what really help us thrive. Right. But if you're if you're not alive, well, who cares? Your emotional needs don't matter. Your your need to thrive is not on the table That's yet. Right. And for most of humanity, you know, humanity's been around for two hundred thousand years. Mm-hmm. Modern humans, we've just been trying to survive, even as recent as the late eighteen hundreds, mm-hmm. and even today, with only twenty percent of the world's population having their basic needs to survive being met. And even some people who do have food and shelter may be living in some kind of war zone, you know, in Iraq or Afghanistan or Syria, Syria yeah. or, or China, you know, has, or, or North Korea or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. There are places where your safety and security are at risk, even, you know, maybe some bad parts of the United States. Yeah. Your safety and security is at risk. Yeah. So this whole, you know, lovey-dovey, you know, which people say woo-woo, it's not woo-woo. It's real biological human need, mammalian need. Yeah. Um, but if the say if the survival needs are not being met, you're not really going to get to the thriving needs. No. No. And humanity is just in its infancy. It's only in the last 70 to 150 years that basic needs to survive have become sort of a given. Yeah. And again, it's only for a very I small sh- population that, in the world. That is mind-boggling to me. I keep thinking about that stat. It, it's just like, yeah. I'm I mean, kidding I because it it's because in the context of my world, quote unquote. Yeah, my bubble. My bubble, <laughs> yeah. right? Is like, you know, uh, okay, that's a little overwhelming yeah, to think my about. White, because 
middle class, yeah. upper middle class yeah. male bubble right. that I grew up in. Right. You know? I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And we, we, we are socialized in a way that is really ethnocentric. It's like, you know, we're keeping a lot of shit close to the vest. We're not telling the whole truth. We haven't told the whole truth. Well, and for why? A since. And why? Why? Well, because then I look bad. Then I'm going to be judged. I'm going to be shamed. I'm going to be rejected. Those are all, they, all that is what affects your ability to love and connect and and belong it's why we write rewrite our own personal history as well as our national history we want to look good we want to look good it's got to look good on paper it's that's all that really good. matters yeah yeah but <laughs> and i can give good face i can put on a different mask yeah, like are exactly. you kidding i can everything's fine right right i love because that we're so afraid yeah and and fear is such this I, i'm here so healthy emotional fear. development would preclude the ability to be able to say I'm a mess. Exactly. Which is why I love this show on Facebook called The Union, which is the union real talk about personal growth, where, you know, the whole point of, of the host and the guests being on is about really sharing the real you. Like, yeah, we might be, I'm not a therapist, but a lot of the people on the show are therapists or counselors and they're helping people, but they're not perfect. And they talk about it openly for anyone to see i mean talk about brave you know but we don't we don't typically allow that in society right we need to get to the point where that's not brave where it's the norm exactly and and how do we do that we do that by by well nurturing our own love and connection but how do we do that and i was talking about the fear before what are we so afraid of we're afraid judgment. of judgment judgment shame, shame. Rejection, rejection, neglect, yes. you know, and Brene basically, Brown talks about basically some of those the things. A score, <laughs> the A score, adverse childhood experience. Oh, yeah, right. But right. the thing about the adverse childhood experience is that is that what I feel like, and maybe I don't know enough about it, and maybe you can shed some additional light on it, is that it's like, oh, were you beaten as a child? Were you sexually assaulted as a child? But you know what? Were you criticized constantly as a child? Does that is that included in the adverse childhood? Some nuance of it, neglect, abandonment. There's there there are nuances where direct communication in a in a way that we know is damaging. You can they're thinking about adding to the score actually. They're well, thinking they about need adding to, do to that, but I don't see that. I don't see those kind of questions in those surveys and yeah. polls and things no, like it's, that. No, it's it's and it needs to be evolved for sure. But that think. is where it's that's where yeah. most of the problems are coming because the people. It's who, a form of neglect if somebody is not if all they're doing is firing off criticism. That in and of itself is an aspect of neglect because it doesn't really have anything to do with the person you're talking to. Most of it is just a projection. Oh, mostly a projection. Yeah. I totally agree. But when you are doing that criticism mm -hmm. and that other person is receiving it, yeah. and I'm pointing to myself right now, if you could see me, me too. right? <laughs> is, is that you do get brain chemical changes. It's programming. You get the programming. It gets wired into your narrative, but you get, you get um, norepinephrine, not norepinephrine, epinephrine, um, cortisol, cortisol releases. Right. You get these more toxic chemicals do get released. And the problem with the research is that we're not, look. I don't think, now I haven't seen any of this research and I look for this stuff a lot, that we're not looking far enough back into what was that child's environment like the first week 
the first month, the first six months, the first year? Are we looking back to see what that child's environment was like? Were they constantly being told no? Was there, in today's society, was their mom or parents um, or dad on their phone constantly and not paying attention? Are we still following this idea? And I don't know, because I don't have kids, full disclosure, right? Um, are we are we still teaching parents that after whatever, a month, three months, six months, that you just need to let the kid cry itself to sleep? That is trauma. That is trauma to a child. And that changes their brain chemistry. And then that gets played out through their life. In the, in the more harmful ways, it's with the really destructive, you know, drug addiction, mm-hmm. alcohol abuse, right. you know, beating your spouse or whatever. Right. Um, but you also see it with the power hungry, um, money hungry. It manifests itself in so many different ways. Any behavior. And there's a spectrum like in, in most well, things, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. so not everybody who, and this, this will be the feedback, right? When you, when you say things like that, the feedback is like, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I turned out, you know. And I turned out okay. Right. Okay, well, let's look at your behaviors. And this goes back to the kind of, you can do the value test that you talked about a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. But let's look at your behavior, you know. Is there any area of your life that you're, oh, maybe you carry a couple pounds extra. You know, do you find that, are you eating your feelings? You know, oh, do you love food so much? You know, or are you one of those people um, who you're all about the witty banter. You love sarcasm, sarcasm and witty banter. Yeah. That is all. Self-deprecation. Those are all signs of insecurities, mm-hmm. which again, I, my theory on insecurity and self-esteem and self-confidence, because you can't just give that to someone, is that you develop it when you have successes. You feel more confident. You try something, you succeed, you feel good about yourself. But if you try something and you fail, you feel bad about yourself. Okay. But if you don't have a support network, if you don't have that love and connection to say, you know, well, when you succeed, they celebrate with you. It's a great big party. Wonderful. Great. That's when you get all the likes on Facebook or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you fail, if you don't have a support network that is going to be there to console you and love you anyway, it's not long that you stop trying and you don't even go down that route. And, and now you just get this narrative that I'm a failure at everything. Or what's even worse is you fail and then your, your quote, support network says, Tim, you should have never tried that in the, in the first place. You're not smart enough to do that. You're not athletic enough to do that. You're not good looking enough to do that. Why'd you even try? You're never going to amount to anything. Is that showing up on those adverse childhood assessments? Yeah. Event, adverse childhood event assessments? Yeah. I doubt it. And that's how you program. That's how you wire. That's how you damage the emotional health. It's not mental. It's not mental. I'm still doing my reading and writing and arithmetic in school. I'm still, you know, pouring myself cereal and milk in the morning. I can do mental processes. Yes. But I hurt. I'm in pain. And so that's an important uh, segue because I think overall the idea of getting out in front of this is understanding that there's mental health, but but more importantly, or let's just say equally important. Yeah, they're both super important. They're both super important, but need to be talked about in context in terms of what they really represent so that we can give more of our efforts for healing around the emotional cause. health. 
which emotional. is emotional, emotional, which is right. what I believe is the real root cause. Yeah. Cause that's the real pain that people are trying to ease yeah. through their behaviors. Right. But we're stuck on the mental part because necessarily the medical field is very, very interested in tactical approaches to how we can fix your brain. Right. Right. Like, yeah. It, it feels like that. It feels like... But everything's happening in your brain. It's your all happening in your brain, but we are not separate. Your blood pressure's happening in your brain. Your emotions Well, a lot of things that brain. just happen in the background. Remember, we talked about exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. These processes of like, well, you don't need to like... System, you're going to breathe regardless. I mean... Yeah. So, which is your reptilian brain, yeah. but your mammalian brain is where your limbic system is, which yeah. is where your emotions are. Yeah. It's only that outer cortex where your real mental capacities are, and that is so much more recent in the evolution of humans. So we, so the opportunity at hand, let's talk about this. The opportunity at hand, because of what you just said, is that we start to understand in context why we need some a lot more attention paid to your, our emotional development, our right. emotional health, our emotional quotient, our emotional intelligence. Well, okay, and, but I'm going to distinguish even between and I want, emotional that's why I brought health that up because we talked yeah, about that the other day. And so emotional intelligence, those are that. two different things. And they all interrelate. You exactly. know? That's really important that we're, we make that point. Yeah, I mean, because this is... Because we're a whole system. Whole system, yeah. your total well-being, yeah. overall wellness, you know, includes, and there's a lot of different models. Yeah, I personally think that... The, in in my world, I feel like total well-being, your your holistic approach to living life, really boils down to your physical, your emotional, your mental, and your spiritual. Right. You you know, there's models for financial health and and um, and professional health, but I really believe that those are all subsets of the four primary that I just shared. Yeah. I, I can give, you know, arguments for why those all actually are part of emotional or mental sure, or physical sure. or spiritual. Um, and, and, you know, I like to start with definitions when I talk about this stuff. Is, is that helpful? Is that Yeah. I mean, I think, I think putting this together in a way that says there's a lot of emotion around this, <laughs> sure, I'm pretty. I'm pumped yeah, about it. Um, yeah. And what I and we mentioned earlier, one of I think the challenges of the of the human species, the mammalian species, is that we complicate stuff. So totally complicated. And stuff. so the effort for me as a as a caregiver, as a father mm -hmm. to these incredible kids, is to understand in context how what's the best chance of success in our relationship. Because to me, everything is relationship. Everything. Everything. And I is. wake up in the morning <laughs> and I wake up and I have a relationship with, bam, right? Something. Yeah. Right? Many things. Yeah. Maybe all at once. Yeah. So the idea is, how do I become a really skilled relationship person? How do I understand in the context of my own history, what I've been through, what's really happened to me, why it matters? And I shouldn't discount anything. I shouldn't be like, nah, that wasn't that big a deal. Don't say that. Everything right? has because a reason every, behind it. Everyone does that. They want to take yeah. the they want to take the edge off things. Like, no, don't just let it be, man. Because that's part of complicating it. If it happened to you, be just honest about it. Be truthful. It's part of the whole story. And it's important. Exactly. When you and get to the wholeness, purpose, you know. If you leave something out, then guess what? You're not really whole. And if right. You're, you're not right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it sounds so 
obvious, but 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 how we often compartmentalize, do we, miss it? we get yes. rid of things, we cut off we branches and family trees, we Constantly. do all kinds of stuff. How we completely avoid the emotional health element of well being, exactly. of of total well being. Yeah. We focus so much on the physical. Yeah. Because it's easy to see. It's easier to measure. Exactly. You know? If I have a broken arm, I'm going to have immediate compassion and right. empathy. Right. If I have a broken brain or if I have depression or if I have yeah. ADHD, any of these, any of these diagnoses, I'm going to get punished for it. I'm right. going to get – there's going to be sanctions. I'm going to get put in the corner. Put in the corner. The dunce cap dunce in the corner cap. we were talking about with your kids it, earlier it, today. Exactly. You know? Or, so look or at the stark difference of personal development. Yeah. From a very young age, because I can decide at a very young age as a parent that I got a dumb kid. Oh, yeah. I have a challenging kid. I have a problem child. I have an oppositionally defiant child. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't forget about getting involved into the mental and health world. emotions oh. buy into that or, or yes. contribute to that. It's like, our oh, what are, how are am I going to be perceived exactly. because my kid behaved this way or that way? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so... It's like mommy shaming and those kind of, or daddy shaming. Yeah. I have to always you know, oh, get, yeah. get all the genders. Um, but but we do that. Yeah. We do that all the time. So we need to we need to stop. We need to embrace each other for who we are. We need to understand each other. Yes. We need to acknowledge. We need to get to know each other. And and the more we know each other. The more we tend to care, but I about know each everything other. I need to know, Kevin. Do because you? yes, because yeah. I see the behavior and symptoms in front of me. So that's really all I need to know. <laughs> right? I decide and make up my mind based on a set of symptoms and behaviors, and then magically, I get a diagnosis. In fact, oh, right. we're a world full of hack diagnose diagnosticians where we're going to be able to because of our access to information be able to tell you exactly what's wrong with you and we talk about it with our friends you know i think bill's a narcissist or you know right. what you know whatever right. and or like my son is and then definitely why have, but why is not important <laughs> we just need to take care of the behavior and symptoms we need to get Which those is under just control the what. and that's all we do is that's we focus on the what and we don't understand the why right. And then we, we don't understand how to actually address it. Exactly. And that's what I want to get to as we sort of bring this full circle. And I know this has been highly enthusiastic because you and I are highly enthusiastic <laughs> about, about the opportunity at hand to help people right now who are completely struggling with the idea of how they perceive through their own lens, which is affected by everything you and I are talking about. They're in some position of hierarchy to to have some control, quote unquote, I'm putting those in control, in mm -hmm. quotes, mm -hmm. the person they're concerned about. Because this is what it really comes down to. I'm concerned about you. Yeah, I But I have no idea you. what to do beyond that mm -hmm. in a way that's very holistic or integrated, right? I'm just going to do this based on, I'm going to do it based on symptoms and behavior, <sighs> right? Because I get families calling me and parents and mothers saying, I have a 16 year old kid who doesn't come out of his room. He goes right to his room. He's very, and I said, okay, but a lot of that is developmentally appropriate. She's like, he doesn't like me. I'm like, okay. Well, and even that developmentally appropriate is, is that just what we've accepted now? Like, I don't believe teenagers are, are designed and meant to be like, oh, these horrible teenagers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just like, it's the same thing with alcohol. Exactly. There's so much like alcohol. Is such Adolescence has got a terrible 
yeah. rap stigma <laughs> around totally. adolescence. Totally. But it, like the same thing with alcohol. Alcohol is such an accepted norm in society, but I don't know of any benefit to alcohol. Like the no, human- the World Health Organization says 0% is the healthiest approach to alcohol. Well, well, right. Because not like a couple of glasses of wine. The human species. Zero. The human species does not need alcohol to exist. Yes. However, (laughs) no, but somebody individually would totally disagree with you. (laughs) In, 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 how so? In the context of like, it helps me with manage my stress. It's the only relief have, I get. And why do you have stress exactly. in the first place? This is what we're what talking about. What is the about. root of your stress? This is you and me saying, okay, what's your why? What's your why? Why? Because until you address the root cause, exactly. you're, you're not going to ever solve the problem. That's what we're stumping for. You and I are stumping for the idea of, let's. can we please all agree that the what is completely it's right there. The what is... It's, it's so in our face it's in our everywhere. Face. Like, I mean, why any, do we need to keep... T- <laughs> any behavior that you see, any behavior, uh, if you're a clock watcher at your office, yeah. if you're a vacation shamer at your office, those are behaviors. And, and behavior is really just an insight to a person's state of emotional health. Yeah. Primarily. Not right. 100%, but Primarily. primarily. And again, when when most of your behaviors um, are subconsciously driven from know, the programming from zero from to the six, programming, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly, because like eighty five percent of your brain is is like wired in by the time you're six years six old seven, as well. Yeah. Um, those b- behaviors are driven by your emotional state, yeah. and and until you address the emotional health, yeah. then you're really not going to get anywhere. So it's going to be a lot of. Uh, 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 symptom management. Symptom management, right? And, and we and we know where that can lead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, you're doing, then, if you're doing it on your own. <laughs> and then and then how often do we trade one symptom for another? I That's see right. this all the time with the endurance athletes because I'm an endurance athlete and coach. Is that I see people? Oh yeah, I used to be an alcoholic and now I'm a triathlete, and they're completely obsessed and addicted to triathlon. You know, so they just trade one behavior for another. Okay, sure, triathlon is a quote, physically healthier behavior, but to the extreme that these people take it, it's detrimental. But if you're a whole integrated being and it's mind, body, relationship and environment, that's where, what you alluded to earlier, this wholeness has parts, right? Parts, and they all interrelate. They all interrelate. You can't connect. They seep into each other. Yeah, they influence each other. There's no borders. Right. (laughs) We we make those borders. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So if we, if just trading one behavior for another, you know. In terms of coping, because it's really a coping mechanism. It's just, it's how do I manage the symptoms? And then we spend, we spend most of our energy managing our symptoms, our behaviors. Yeah. And rather than actually allowing ourselves to experience the pain, uh, typically emotional pain, yes. that, that is at the root of it. But pain is to be avoided, isn't it? That's what we do, <laughs> right? We avoid it at all costs. It's not a call for engagement in our society. It's a yeah. call for like, well, circle the wagons, man. Yeah, if it's going to kill you, then avoid it, you know? But, but, but how often, most of our behaviors are not going to kill us. Yeah. Until they, you know, so, so long down the road. 
Um, vaping could be a little quicker nowadays, it seems. Well, um, that's a whole nother podcast. Right? <laughs> but until you allow yourself to experience, it's really experiencing who you are at yeah. your essence and your emotions are who you are. And when you can really tap into your emotions, they are so powerful because again, it's your subconscious mind and your subconscious is able to pick up orders of magnitude, more data and information from the world than your conscious brain. Right. Like uh, it's a couple of orders of magnitude, more yeah. information. So if you could actually tap into your subconscious if you could really harness and value your feelings, you know, the people in the world who are the super sensitive people in the world, those that's the superpower because they're tapping into their emotions and there is amazing data information that once you can bridge the gap from your subconscious to your conscious, that is the superpower. I mean, that's really the next, I think, that could be the next evolution of humanity yeah. is when we tap into our emotions and glean all of that data in information and bridge it from the subconscious to the conscious yeah. and now bring it out bring you know, it verbally out. or written or however you communicate that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I did, uh, this is a little tangent, but one of the things as a, as a biomedical engineer and inventing, cause I've, I just I just earned my 76th patent. Wow, it was 75 when we had lunch last week. Yeah, I just got, yes. I just got the 76th. All actually, right. on September 10th is when it officially issued. Thank okay. you. Um, but the reason that, one of the reasons, because there's several factors that go into you know creating, inventing and all, is that our team, the team that I created or we created, um, one of the rules that I implemented was if we're talking about something and you just don't like it, you don't have to give a reason why I don't need a reason why if you're just, if something's just not, you're making a feeling face right. And you're not feeling it because whatever we're drawing on the whiteboard right now, just, just say you don't like it and we'll go in another direction. And, and that's, Another reason why we were able to create so many great inventions because, and these are inventions not just for inventing in and of itself. These are inventions that have turned into internationally marketed products that have earned hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue for, for the companies that we work for. So by tapping into your feeling and allowing yourself to be like, it just doesn't feel right. And moving on, we get to the stuff that actually does work. You mean honoring that? Exactly. Wow. Can you imagine? That is so modern. Can you imagine? That For a medical so device innovative. company? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, in any context. Well, any context, right. That's that's powerful. That that Tapping should be. into your feelings. Oh, my gosh. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Well, that's hard to do. It's hard to wrap your head around that. If you come from a culture who's telling you, stop it. Yeah, and this is where things Stop like, crying. Oh, my God. That's the big one, right? That's, that starts back. Day one. Zero to six. Stop crying. I can't. And that Don't in emote. and of itself, in an equation, you know, context is one person who is of the age to get married and have kids is projecting their own lack of emotional oh, totally. bandwidth. Right. So this is the cycle. Well, it's that's like, what they learned. That's what so they that's learned. What I'm going to so teach. Here we go. This is what I teach. It seems it's Unless just normal. They really try to, you know, break out that entropy. I think like yeah. break out and be a little uncomfortable and and learn 
and find out what is the right answer. But if our reactivity is defensive uh, instead of offensive, where you describe to me an offensive play around emotion, if you're if you're just not feeling it, say so. Say so. Express it. But but too often, what ends up happening is then we judge and we shame and we reject. We're afraid of getting fired, which is our secure safety and security factor. We've talked about. All of that stuff yeah. builds in, but yeah. it all is all rooted in. in the emotion. Yeah. And if I don't feel, if I feel like I'm going to get rejected, then yeah. I don't belong. So yeah. that's, it's the love, connection, and belonging. Exactly. If I don't know you, if I don't understand you as a person, yeah. then how can I connect to you? Yeah. If, you know, this There's is, so much at risk. I'm, I'm risking just what you said. <sighs> God, and this is what happens Jeez. so much with like the racial divide and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, uh, uh, Morgan Spurlock, when he did his 30 days series, he did the, the big um, supersize me. Super that was the movie. Yeah. And then yeah. he had a series on, on series. FX yeah. called 30 days. Yeah. And, and one of the episodes was where a total homophobic male was going to live with a um, heterosexual male and and for 30 days and whoa the friction at the beginning but over the 30 days they really got to know each other as people oh my god get to know each other as a person yeah um they got to know each other and then you know by the end of 30 days they they didn't want to separate and they're hugging it out saw it no fear right i saw it and did yeah. you see the one where the atheist yeah was now living in the family's yeah. home that was like born again christian or yeah. some really religious um family and it's like oh this devil worshiper blah blah blah. you know what you're describing exposure therapy oh interesting okay yeah yeah so i don't know all the classic therapies yeah i mean exposure i mean life is experiential not theoretical but through exposure therapy yeah. what's the goal the goal is integration the goal is emotional understanding. Under, that's right. Getting to getting more information. To know exactly what it is that is the barrier and the what and is the, the real barrier. What is the real barrier? And and I and I've found which is which is what you've described is I don't know you rejection. The barrier is I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be shamed. Shamed. I want I want certainty. I want safety. And, and I want love. I want love. And I want connection. Yes. And and what I and and how a lot of a lot of my journey started on this whole emotional health and love and connection belonging is, is seeing that it just occurred to me one time in watching an argument that most arguments, and again, in my little world and bubble, most arguments seem to be occurring because people weren't sharing how they really felt or what they were really thinking. And, and I was like, well, you don't know each other. Right. And again, if you don't know each other, you can't connect and you're not communicating. Yeah. And that's where the arguments. So what if there was a way to really reduce arguments? Yeah. Well, if we listen to each other. <laughs> yeah, there's a concept. If we actually share without right. judging. And Active shaming. listening is where you actually not already have your answer formulated. Exactly. Um, right. And the idea of emotional attunement. Some people would. Right. Not in those words. And, and this is where emotional intelligence does come into play, because if I'm not going to be reactive to what you're saying, if I have to, if I can manage to um, um, not get triggered, even if you use a word that triggers me mm -hmm. to recognize that mm -hmm. and not get triggered and then still stay mindful in the moment and, and be present 
with the person in that conversation. But it, again, it's honoring that person, mm-hmm. hearing that person. But how often are kids not taught that? How often are employees not given that in the workplace? I mean, it's throughout our society. And then we just keep sheltering ourselves and segmenting ourselves off and not learning about each other. We don't even know our own family so often. That's right. You know, you know, what's your favorite color? You know, what's the last book you read? Yeah. You know, what's your favorite social media platform? Whatever it is, <laughs> you know? No, it's if so true. If you could true. rearrange your room anyway, how would it be yeah. and why? Yeah. Do we know that about each other? Yeah. And then and then we so often as parents, again, I'm not a parent, but I was a child. Um so often as parents, we we you know, expect our children to share all this stuff with us. But when are we sharing with them? And you're not going to have a connection if both parties aren't sharing. It's a two-way street to connect. That's right. And and if both parties... So one, I feel like in order to really connect, both parties, people, need to be sharing comparable kinds of information, but also to a comparable level of depth or intimacy. Mm-hmm. Let's say you've got a, a romantic relationship. If one person is always really putting it out there and how they feel and what matters to them. And, but the other person, they're only, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I had a couple drinks with the guys last night and uh, it was cool. And I'm going to watch the football game today. Cool. Oh, you want me to mow the lawn? All right, sure. I'll do that. You know, ha- where's the connection? Because we're we're just part is superficial, part is super deep, or yeah. wants to go deep, and yeah. it's a total disconnect. Yeah. And then we just we just diverge, yeah. and then divorce, and so on. And this all goes to, in terms of how it's connected to our initiative of Wide Wonder, the Zero Stigma thing, is that if you are connected to the idea of how important it is to honor your emotional life, your emotional makeup, Mm -hmm. that you are an emotional person and that they're not things to be avoided, but they're things to integrate, to appreciate, to uh, embrace all that stuff. To value. To value. I value my, I mean, that in and of itself as a platform, as a point of discussion, as a data point, you know, to, to include in, in treatment, in addiction treatment. Until to include, we start valuing emotions. And connection, we're, we're, connection. And connection, we're going to really struggle. Well, like, yeah, because connection. It's not the best chance of success if, we, if that's not essential in the process. Because it's that neglect and yeah. damage that is causing these, these compensatory behaviors in the first yes. place. Yes, exactly. <sighs> And then, yeah, we can bring it back to the to the stigma around well, it. We're is, not it's even stigma to because if I'm not, con- it, it was like Spurlock's understand. thing. Thirty days. That's think about how many taboos and were just just disseminated yeah, and, and stereotypes guy. and all yeah. that stuff that just yeah. get they all of a sudden go away and you think, wow, the world opens up and you think of the possibilities because you didn't go into that experience thinking you were going to come out the way you did <laughs> right. no way right because you were like you know yeah. you yeah. believe what you believed and you were who yeah. you were and this idea of evolution and process if you give yourself a chance to engage in yourself as somebody who is 
capable of looking at things in many different ways. Yeah. That's the thing. Do we even know that? Do you even know in discussion that, yeah, I see why you think that way, but did you ever entertain this? Well, no. Why would I? Yeah, because I already know what (laughs) I know, and that's it. Right. You know? So, So yeah. Where's the opportunity? Where's the innovation? Where's the possibility in that? And I'm I'm thinking about this in the the stigma world, too. Like, if you don't if you don't really understand something, then you're just going to push it off. And that's the, is that the stigma? Just push it off. Like, nope, that's just how they are. They're broken and we're done with it. You know, (laughs) when, until you really understand it. And, and, and I think, unfortunately, the way that we've been looking at it, we as a species have been looking at these, you know, horrible behaviors, destructive behaviors, we're looking at it as, oh, I chose to do that. I'm consciously doing this. It's a mental model, but it's not a mental model. It's, right. it's except in a very, very small percentage yes. um, where there really is something wrong with the brain chemistry that didn't happen so much out of the environment that the child yeah. was raised These things in. happen. That can happen. But, but I would ar- not argue I would just propose yeah. that that having that kind of a real mental illness, like some schizophrenia, psychosis, mm-hmm. whatever, yeah. is is about as common as being born without an arm or a leg, yeah. or maybe you know your heart is on the outside of your chest wall or mm-hmm. part of your brain mm-hmm. is yeah. outside of your skull. Right. It happens. It's very real. And, and we I, get to be empathetic and compassionate we around can, it, and we have to take care of and support. And right. And I think with some of those mental illnesses, like let's just say the hardcore, which, you know, however you want to say that, yeah. define that. But the, the real psychotic behavior, yeah. those kinds of things, maybe that is what's happening. But for the majority of behaviors, it's not mental. Sure, it happens in your brain, but everything's happening in your brain or your gut, your second brain. Mm-hmm. But everything's happening in your brain, yeah. whether it's mental or physical or or spiritual or whatever, yeah. emotional. It's all happening in your brain. So let's move past that and move past the fact that mental is just about brain. So the definition that I like to use for mental health, and I just like to share this because I, yes, I think it's helpful. The definition that I choose for mental health is a person's ability to think clearly, to focus, to concentrate, to perform cognitive tasks. Whereas the definition for emotional health and nurturing emotional health that I choose is a person's ability to give and receive love. And by love, I mean love, connection, belonging. And what nurtures that is feeling heard, feeling valued, feeling like you matter in this world. They, they mental and emotional influence each other, but cognitive and your thinking ability is very different than love and your feeling ability. And that's the real difference. And again, behaviors are primarily driven by your state of emotional health. I mean, where does most of your stress come from? More often than not, and definitely not all the time, because you can have financial stress, you can have physical stress, but I feel like the majority or a big portion of stress is actually coming from our relationships with others. If you're stressed out about your job because you have this huge workload, well, who created that workload? Your boss. 
And why? You know, and their boss. Okay, let's say you're up to senior management. Why? What are they trying to prove? Right? They're trying to look how important I am. Look at how valuable I am. I've made this big company. We do more. We go faster. We build bigger, stronger. Why do I feel the need? I mean, I think Elon Musk or Steve Jobs are perfect examples of completely destructive people who have done some pretty amazing things in this world. But look at the wake that they've left for others and themselves. And, and, what need were they trying to meet that has driven them to, you know, Apple and Tesla and, and SpaceX and, and that kind of stuff? I mean, I think doesn't um, Elon Musk have four kids? And he's, yeah, he and does. he's I think sleeping. He does, yeah. yeah, he's sleeping in his office at Tesla. You know what is that? Tesla is far more important. Back to your values conversation yes tesla is far more important to elon musk than yeah. his children yeah and what message does that tell the children yeah. you don't matter i don't love you even if he says i love you that's not the message that the children are receiving and they're going to go find it somewhere they're going to ease their pain somewhere else yeah that's what happens and and i and i i think this is a good place to kind of bring it all together because your definitions are so important in terms of my continuing work with with families and individuals and and corporations and right. anybody that I'll people future, humanity humanity human beings yeah people I have relationships with kids wives wives wait a minute wife wife <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so important because the context of the mental the emotional this whole idea of integration this idea of wholeness wholeness mind body relationship environment. Ken Wilber, who I who I admire, can't understand a lot of the times because he's his intellectual processing and emotional pro is way somewhere else mm -hmm. on the spectrum from me at least. But it makes so much sense as I put my life in context at age fifty four, and I do this on purpose because it is my high value. I want to know how to perform, quote unquote, in my relationships. So that I'm getting the most out of this period, this time on this this experience. Yeah, while I'm existing. While I'm existing, I want the yeah. best chance at as I define success, yeah. which is feeling whole, feeling like I'm con connected to my essence, to this thing that exists within me. That and that, that is my definition for spiritual health. Yeah, your essence, your core, core. your purpose, who you core, are, purpose. If your core, yeah. if your purpose is to serve God, okay, fine. Then that is what nurtures your spiritual health. But if your purpose is to end stigma and to raise your, your family or take care of your family and raise your children, then that nurtures you at your core, your essence. Yeah. And that is the definition that I choose for spiritual health. It's who you are at your core. What is your purpose in this world? Yeah. And, and if it's, if it's religious-based, that's fine. Yeah. Go do that. Yeah. And if it's not, that's fine. Yeah. Go do that. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, but the but spiritual health part is part of the whole well-being. Right, because we're whole in our sense. And yeah. some people aren't necessarily connected to certain identifiers like essence. They don't understand that. There are a lot of people who are are functioning at a fairly high level that don't get into these conversations. Yeah, they, yeah. they just don't. There, and you not don't everybody. Have to, you don't. Not, that's, not that's, everyone needs to. No, that's yeah. really important to 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 recognize as well, well. 
Absolutely. And I, and I think that like, I love to know the why I am huge on the why I'm a why freak. You know, I probably drove my parents crazy as a kid. (laughs) I definitely drove my teachers crazy when I was young. Um, but to nurture emotional health, you don't act, I don't think you actually have to know the why, but you need to know a how. And because you can just do it and feel the benefits. You don't need to understand all the deep, dark stuff. Yeah. And even through therapy, once you understand the why, that doesn't mean you're, you're cured, right? And so many people are in therapy for years and years and years and, and don't seem to get anywhere. And they know their why. So we need a how. We need many hows, but let's start with one or some. Yeah. And, and it, it's the how do we nurture our emotional health. Right. And that's through connection. And changing the hierarchy of what it is that we get to engage in that allows us to be content, that allows us to be happy. Happy, which I again, I think, happy. I think it vacillates. I think, yeah, 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 okay, I, yeah. I think happiness as a goal is a dangerous precedent because it is on a spectrum. Life is on it. I say life is a spectrum disorder. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so the idea of wanting to be happy, yes, needing to be happy, not so much. Well, the yeah, idea of and understanding you're not going to be happy in every single moment of every day. No, and the idea you know? is that we understand that 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 the only the only constant is change and that evolution requires of us to vacillate between great pain and great joy and and something and some things in between mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the idea is that we don't teach any of this this isn't this no. isn't what we teach unless no. somebody who somebody like maybe you and I growing up the way we grew up decide I'm going to be a psychologist or <laughs> I'm going to be a therapist or yeah. I'm going to be a counselor or whatever to sort of work through our stuff. Well, isn't that's probably, yeah. And I'm not even any of those things that you just mentioned. I'm a biomedical engineer. You know, my whole background. But you've seen how it fits into the reason you have 75 patents, 76 now. Yeah, well, I, I've. The recognition of. But it's, it's, it's what you were gut. talking about, like yeah. with our backgrounds yeah. of why. Being Again, human. back to the why. <laughs> well, we, we are both human. We hear that <laughs> Of why, you know, and where am I struggling in my life and why? Why am I not at that, I'm calling it happy, but we can call it something else. Why am I not where I want to be in certain aspects of my life? Some aspects are fantastic. That's right. But other aspects are not where I want to be. It's like the wheel of life. There are going to be some, it's not going to be totally smooth. Exactly. Right. There's peaks and valleys and bumps and and different offshoots and everything. But trying to figure out, okay, where in my life, Am I not where I want to be or what's not working in my life? And that's really what got me started on this journey, really deep journey, yeah, this rabbit that. hole. It's yeah. like <laughs> absurd. I mean, since 2001, yeah. you know, really yeah. hard on this. this and is, thank you for being on this it. journey. I mean, you are fiery. You are in your high value in the sense that this is something that is like a dog and a bone. Good luck taking this from you. Like at some point you'd be like, I love it. I can't do it. I can't give up. I love that because I I feel like, you know, I understand that we're energy and I feel like, you know, it happened late in life, but it happened. And that is, is that I have stepped into what some people identify as the sweet spot, Mm -hmm. you know, this place Mm -hmm. where, 
where the stars have aligned and energetically mm-hmm. and physically and emotionally and spiritually, you're sort you're in alignment a lot of the time. And you, a lot, you feel yeah. like, and the idea- But and, I still do struggle. <laughs> well, of course, and, and here's, and this is the point I wanted to make. How do I know that I'm not on track? Okay, because so that good. comes from somewhere else. So, that is that's not such a great question. Right? That is not essence. That is not question. truth necessarily. That yeah. is as it's reflected by somebody so else's how do data you know? point. How do you know when you're when you're on the right track? How do I know? Mm-hmm. In my own integrated being, mm-hmm. mind-body relationship environment, mm-hmm. am I optimally functioning in those areas? In other words, do I feel like in those areas, am I useful? You said feel. Yeah, right? (laughs) In my relationship to what I know about my brain Mm -hmm. and my environment, how am I functionally optimally in that space, Mm -hmm. in that part of the whole? Look around. Oh, it's fairly organized. It's clean. It's not perfect. Blah, 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 blah. Now we go into, I'll I'll go mind, mind, environment, body. What's my body doing? Mm-hmm. And this all requires of me to have some idea that those things are important to the whole. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm scattered. I'm all over the place. I may put all my eggs in one basket in Which my environment. So often we do that. We do that, right? Physical. You know, Physical, we do that. the body. You we, know, it's all about fitness and nutrition. That's oh, everything. Yeah, we've got that down. You know, but and we don't. We exactly. do as far as it being a data point and that it's important. We right. know that. But then we only focus on There's a gym on, that. on every corner. <laughs> right. We only focus on and that. We only focus on that, thinking that if we've got that under control, yeah. the other sectors will be fine too. But that's so that not. Works. And that's why you have to work on each one individually yeah. and together. Yes. Yeah. Develop but some you, awareness. That emotional intelligence that em- aspect that you're, you know, understand tapping into your own feelings. You said feel, and I always yeah. like key on that word. Yeah. You know, what is it that's feeling right to you? And it's not destructive and it's feeling right to you. I don't care if this is what Tony Robbins said. I don't care if this is what Brene Brown said. Is this, you know, okay, Steve Jobs does all his meetings while he's walking. That doesn't work for me. And I'm going to, I hope. I hope my friend is okay with saying this, but um, my friend Jordan Mercedes is working on something called the Win Code. I hope she's okay with me saying this. I think her website went live yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is, but basically, what she's getting at is helping people create their Win Code. It's not that you have to take a you know thirty-five degree. Um, water temperature bath every morning, which is what whatever Tony Robbins does, because right. that doesn't work for you. Right. If you're a night person and not a morning person, then don't try and get up at four o'clock because everyone says that, oh, the most successful people get up at four o'clock in the morning. If that's not your win code, and this is again, Jordan Mercedes, the win code, she's putting this whole thing together. It's a whole new way of thinking about and accepting yourself for who you are and finding what works for you. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to, to, to do this because we could, we could create a four hour podcast. Cool. I know. I love it. There's a couple of things I want to say in sort of summing this up. And and I want to start with where you just were. And that is with a quote, Oliver, I think it's Oliver. Is it Oliver Wendell Holmes? No. Oliver Wendell? No. Oscar Wilde. Okay. Said, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. (laughs) Right. 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 So in that spirit, I think that's really important because for me, 
the process as I have experienced it is coming back to self. It's a return to self in the sense of context and realizing that what I went through as a child, whether everyone has the same version of history as I do or not, doesn't really matter because it is what I experienced as yeah. I remember it and yeah. as I experienced it. And your narrative. My mm -hmm. narrative. And it's really important. That's mm -hmm. part of just be yourself. Stop, yeah. stop the analysis, the over-analysis and the over-complication and appreciate and honor all of that stuff. Some honor people all call of who it, you are and and let's, it's not baggage. It's not, quit giving it bad names. Quit quit stigma, right? Quit right. Quit, quit disparaging it. Quit saying believing that if you find your inner child, slap that child. You know, like you don't need to that doesn't need to be a part of your because there's some people like this inner child work, it's bullshit. You don't need to know that. That's not important. Context. Mm -hmm. Just get on with it. Move forward. This is this yeah. this is this is socialization of Ooh, yeah, the I neglecting like, of the emotional yeah, aspect of your I, that, or even experience. Uh, yeah, I don't but like any of that. But we live in a yeah. construct where we're treating people who are who are wounded with that uh, yeah, idea. Was, and, and how's that working out for us? Not well. So not the idea working. is, if we're going to sum this up. Wait, wait, but I, yeah. I got to add this yeah. part, though, is, yes, honoring ourselves absolutely, 100%. But let's honor each other other yes this is because if is we don't do that yeah you know because the honoring ourselves totally important and take responsibility for yourself especially as an adult yeah you know sure this is my past and maybe my parents did this to me but i'm an adult now so now i need to go from where i am now let me honor who i am and where i can go and be but if we're not honoring each other, that's right. When we don't honor, we're shaming and judging and blaming and that's right. Categorizing, stereotyping, exactly. We need if we honor our honor each other. Yes, that's how we connect. And I might have mentioned this on the first time we talked. Is as a child, it is not anything about honoring yourself. It is all about being honored by your parents in those first six years of life. If you do not feel that love, if you do not receive that connection, that bond, you are going to struggle. And that's the emotional health being compromised from the beginning. So, if, so my point of this is that connecting with others actually comes first before connecting with self. Because that's how humans are designed. You have to connect with others first. That's how you exist as a baby. You can't exist without the support of your parents or your caregiver. So, so we need to connect with others. That's where it actually starts. But I will caveat that and say, as an adult, you can work on both at the same time. Okay, so let's take that and then we're going to go a little bit longer and I think it's important. So if somebody right now is struggling, and there is everybody is right. I'm struggling. Instability, I have my stuff. But their particular viewpoint is that they're finding it very difficult because we do have what some people would refer to and have referred to it at very high levels and at a macro level. We have a loneliness epidemic, which okay. we do. Okay, right. There's so, if, so let's just start a connection there. epidemic. Here's how we're going to wrap this up because this is really important. Somebody is lonely right now. They're listening to this. They're lonely. Mm -hmm. What do they do? What I do is that, are you giving me a silver platter to talk about my What program? do they do? Yeah, absolutely. What do they do? I'm I mean, lonely. I can feel it. I've been rejected. I'm afraid. I'm uncertain. I have no strength right now in my body or, or motivation to put myself out there again. Uh, you you got it. You, 
you, you got to put yourself out. You got to break through that. But that's you really have important. To break How that. do I do that? Yeah. Well, it, I think you can start with some of those value items that we've talked about throughout this conversation is that what is something that you are really interested in that you value? It could be anything. That's it could right. be a video game, Minecraft, or I don't even know what the video games are, yep. but it could be um, knitting. It could be book club. It could be anything solar whatever and between facebook and meetup groups and local um clubs and things like that there are so many outlets that you can find people of similar interest boom you have a connection and you're going to be welcomed you're going to belong because you have that common interest there is a start for connecting that is the first place but there are challenges well so i think that's important and i love that so there's so many different ways to meet others in society today. Unbelievable. That is like easy. That if we you're have not meeting so others, many resources. Yes, there's there are yeah. really a lot. Okay. I don't think that's the big problem in society. I think the real problem is not having the love and connection and belonging with the people that matter most to you. Because that's what hurts more. You know, there's some dude walking down the street right now. I don't care about him. And if he thinks I'm a jerk, I don't care. I have no connection to this guy. I don't care. It doesn't hurt me because I don't know him and he doesn't know me. But if my sister thinks I'm a jerk, that hurts. You know, if a good friend, if I've upset a good friend or a, a good friend is disparaging me in some way, that really hurts. They matter to me. I had a connection with them. I had a trust with them and they violated that or they hurt me, not physically, they hurt me, not mentally. I can still think, I can still you know, bounce my checkbook and do my taxes and do my job. That's my mental ability, but it hurts me emotionally. And now I wanna go eat ice cream or get drunk or whatever, you know, cause I don't wanna confront them on it. Cause that's even hard. It's the connections with the people that matter most to us that's where most of the pain is actually coming from, I think. Yeah. I think. Okay. So if we don't nurture those relationships, and sometimes the connections are, are very destructive. That's right. Yeah. Is that, that where you're those going? Those are always exceptions. There's that always. There's always exceptions. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not saying go to the abuser. Yes. It's not Stay what we're away from about. that. No, yeah. No, not at all. But, you know, if we don't nurture those relationships that matter to us and I think that's where we're really struggling because yeah. we're not we're not doing that on Facebook. So what do you Instagram. have for us that we could use? Do you have anything, Kevin? <laughs> oh my gosh, he just <laughs> lobs it up the perfect set on the silver platter. Yeah, because this is really important tools. How? Now tools. we're talking about now how. we're into the how. And this now is really important. And I'm yeah. gonna say this in the beginning of this long podcast to make sure that you Hang out because this is super important because we need a how. We need an action plan. We need some kind of thing that helps us heal. Yeah, yeah. So thank you yeah. for the opportunity. Please. Um, so so what I want to do is help in the how is let's just help make these conversations easier. Okay. Let's have easy conversations. Let's create a platform where people can share their real selves where they can feel heard and feel valued by the people that matter to them. So I created this app called Uchi, which is spelled U-C-H-I. It's pronounced in Japanese, Uchi, 
and it means in-group or your inner circle. So the whole point of the app is to help you connect more authentically or deeper with the people that matter most to you. And what we've done is make it a really simple platform where all you have to do is answer questions. We've got this huge database of questions. You can submit questions through the website right now and eventually through the app. You can submit your own sets of questions. We call um, an Uchi topic is a set of 10 questions. And you just hop on the, on the app, you answer a bunch of questions. You can answer all 10 in one topic. You can bounce from topic to topic. Whatever questions you wanna answer, you answer them. And then you read the answers that your friends or family members, whoever's in your Uchi, whoever's in your network, you read their answers. And these questions could be anything from what's your favorite color to how would you define your role in your family? What was your first thought when you had when you woke up this morning? You know, if you could rearrange your room, I mentioned that earlier. Yeah. You know, if you could change your family in any way, how would it be? If you could change your county in any way, how would it be? If you could change your state in any way, your country in any way, your school in any way, how would it be? You know, or when's the last time you cried? You know, how did that feel? What made you cry? So just talking about, or what's your favorite sport, your favorite ice cream flavor, favorites are an easy topic. Yeah. So those kind of questions, and I'll tell you what, I mean, the stuff that I'm learning about my friends you're never going to hear this kind of stuff on Facebook or Twitter or in a picture, you know, right in a meme. <laughs> you're not going to you're not going to really understand someone and what's really going on with them. And if you don't really understand them, then how are you going to really feel connected to them? And it's totally a private it's totally a private um, app. So nothing is ever shared anywhere. And in the next version release, um, when you go to your profile, there'll be a button where you can download everything that you've entered. So oh, every question and every cool. answer and every comment, but you won't get other people's answers Yours. or comments, only your data. Yeah. But with a click of a button, you get a link and you just download the PDF. It's free. You can do it as often as you want. You get all your own data right there. Everything you've put into the app, you get it anytime you want. It's great. It's the transparency. It's mm. you own it, you, you know? And the goal is to never have any advertisers or investors or anything. I'm totally doing this out of my own pocket because I believe in it because of everything we've been talking about. Right. And I don't want to be accountable to anybody who's only after the money. So I want this to be a, a tool that people value, that they want to submit questions. And eventually there might be a small fee to submit a topic just so we don't get total garbage because we have to, you know, discern some of that. Um, but maybe like, I don't know, $3 to submit a topic of 10 questions. And then anyone on the app can answer your questions wow. and you can become an Uchi influencer that way. Yeah. Um, but you can still, you can only read the answers of the people in your network. In your Uchi. In your Uchi. And you can only read their answer if you've already answered that question first. So you can't just be a consumer mm, like on any other yes, the social platforms. Right. You have to be a contributor in order to be a consumer. But again, we know from the other platforms that they're not building connection. The research is quite clear yeah. that they're not building the deeper connection. Again, there's exceptions. Yeah. But with Uchi, because so many of them are one-way communication. Yeah. You throw your stuff out to the world and you never really get it back. Yeah. 
But with Uchi, you have to be a contributor in order to be a consumer. That's great. And that way you're sharing. But, you know, you do, the goal is not, I'm like rambling off features now, but you can only, right now, you can only have up to 50 people in your network. But that's because you can't, the b- human brain cannot even manage more than 150 relationships at a right. time. I've heard that's that in the research. Yeah. So we landed on 50, but soon in the coming months, there will be a new feature called Uchi Tribe where you can create a private Uchi topic. So a private set of 10 questions and you can invite like up to 10 people to participate in conversation around those questions. And those 10 people can be in network or out of network. So now you can bring people together, but it's really around a topic that you want to discuss. It could be your church group. It could be your book club. It could be your, a teacher and students, a mentor and mentees, a counselor and their clients, um, you know, anything like that. And now you can connect and they, those people in that Uchi tribe do not have access to anything else on your Uchi, only the conversation that's happening in that tribe. And it's guided because the leader created the set of 10 questions. Right. And that will be a pay feature for the leader, but free for the members who join in that tribe. And Uchi is free. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So the overall goal, the mission of Uchi is what? The mission is to help people connect more authentically with those who matter most to them. In a way that is modern. Uses. Let's just use the platform yeah. the technology that we have today. Yeah. You could do the same exact thing through letter writing. Yeah. You know, the written word is quite powerful, and you can do a chain letter where everybody answers questions. You could do that today. Yeah. But we all have our phones. It's nice having it be asynchronous communication, so you don't have. It's not a phone call where you're in this in the same time. Right. Even if it's FaceTime yeah. on different sides of the world. Yeah. You don't have to be at the same time, and there's a lot of advantage to asynchronous communication. You can take time to think you can about, be thoughtful. you can be thoughtful, you can be, um, you can- Less reactive. Less reactive, you can take time with what you're reading, you can reread it, you can edit. There's, and the written word, you know, once you start to really try to articulate your feelings, your thoughts in writing, again, you can take your time, there's yeah. no time limit on yeah. this, then you can, when you have that time, let's take a moment, Let's let's ratchet back a little bit. Yeah. Let's ease up on yeah. that pedal. Yeah. And, and, you know, think a little bit about what matters to me, back to our values. values. What matters? What are my priorities? You know, what do I want to share? You know, do I really feel heard? You know, what do I want my kids, my spouse, you know, my parents, whatever, you know, because only, those are the only people that are going to read it. Yeah. So you can really be your true self. Yeah. If those are the people that really do love you, then you can share the real you. And that's, that's the goal is to share the real you. Yeah. And that's how we connect. And then when you talk about going on about this, but when you talk about with Brene Brown and vulnerability, absolutely. But these are the people that you already have some trust, a little bit of a relationship. So now you can be a little bit vulnerable in your writing. So that's relational awareness because a lot of times people can overshare with the barista and that's not really somebody that should be in. Do you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden the barista necessarily, if they have some relate, will be like, I don't really need to know that. But this sort of focuses on again, 
some core ideas yeah. of inner circle, inner circle, the, the people, people where, and that's a good place to start. Yeah. It's a good place to start yeah. and sort of practice yeah. this new muscle or these, it is. or these atrophied muscles. They already it. exist. They but, exist, but we've never nurtured we them. Yeah. This gives you a, really it's like the gym. You're going to the, it's to the, the gym. It's the gym for the heart rate. Yeah. Well, the, Again, the heart cardiovascular yeah. system, but the gym, emotional. It's the emotional gym. It's the emotional gym. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and if you just like your physical health, you need to nurture that regularly, or it will degrade. Yes. Just like your mental health, if you don't take a break, and maybe you maybe to ease up your brain, you need to binge watch Game of Thrones for a few hours. That's okay. Now, if you're missing work because of it, then that may not be okay, and it could be detrimental. But your brain needs a break. Cat videos, okay, fine. Use a cat video, give your brain a break. That's nurturing your mental health. But when do we nurture our emotional health? When do we make a really active, concerted effort? Intentional. Intentional effort yeah. to share with each other and listen to each other. And when you're reading, I gotta tell you, I'm a much better listener when I'm reading than I am Right. You know, verbally, yeah. I am. I, yeah. I, I think I am, but yeah. a much better listener as a reader. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier to share when you're writing. Yes. So let's take advantage of this phone that everybody's got in their hand. Yeah. And it, it, it's billions. Billions, right? And it's a free app. Again, yeah. it's a UCHI. It's free. It's on Apple and Android. And um, yeah, have fun with it, you know? Yeah, and I'm constantly want, I want some feedback, guys, out there. Uh, everybody go get the Uchi app and start to use it and then get in touch with us and and go. Definitely. What's a website for you or, or a communication feedback loop for you? Is it in the app itself where you can give feedback? In the app, you can go to the menu and hit feedback. feedback. Absolutely. So let's can, do that, guys. Let's, yeah. Let's make sure that definitely. we get feedback. It's really important. Definitely. In, in the overall Oh, my God. To make it the app that this. you want yeah. and it's going to help you connect yeah. and, and feel good. Like, let's feel good. Well, yeah. I love this because I think this is sort of the overarching um, – pathway that can kind of get us all back on track together yeah, and it's a tool it's, uh, we need something. tools that we need tools because we need hows you know snapping the rubber band on your wrist right. is, is not i mean you know really <laughs> nurturing your relationships and all and i will just share so our our call sign and whatnot for social media and our website is uchiconnection.com okay good and that's the, you know, Facebook and all that. Although yep. I'm not a big social media person, I'm working on it. I'll take your help. LinkedIn, you're on though. That's LinkedIn. I am yep. definitely LinkedIn. Yep. Um, and so UchiConnection.com and just the Uchi app, U-C-H-I is the app on yeah. app on Android. Yeah. I've got it. We're going to be uh, doing some stuff with my family with Uchi. And I'm so excited about this. It's and I so think the fun. girls will be excited too. Um, and, and we're going to be giving Kevin feedback and I'll do that on social media platform as well as we get into it. And I think I want to just wrap this up and kind of bring it around and just say that, that all of the things that challenge us are a sign of opportunity, an opportunity Agreed. to innovate, an opportunity yeah. to evolve, an opportunity. So these things that hurt, these things that frustrate us these things that make us angry these things that bring out emotion in us right are opportunities for innovation mm -hmm. what i what the way that i've put it together is that when something comes at me and knocks me out of my orbit which happens a lot to us because we're on planet earth 
What that is, is not an affront to me, is not, an, is not something that's saying that you're somehow less than or somehow you don't deserve that because we right. can get into fairness and justice yeah. and all of these things and I don't deserve it and that can be a barrier to innovation. But what I want to say is, is that every single day when I wake up, the way that I see it is that the universe is not picking on me, that the world is not mad at me. That And this is the way I grew up. The only reason I'm saying this is I believe there was a conspiracy. Uh, yes, I lived uh, a life of conspiracy. It, it hurts the heart. <laughs> right? And so uh, and so as I sit here with you today on Wide Wonder Bus. Yeah, this bus is great. And, you know, <laughs> in, 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 in between Baltimore and D.C., feeling so grateful to have met Kevin and to have this forum and this opportunity to evolve myself. Even if nobody ever listens to this, <laughs> it really is not my biggest concern because I am... Uh, evolving. I'm a human becoming. And I feel like all these opportunities for connection are an opportunity yeah. to become whatever I am supposed to be and evolve and, and learn. Yeah. Wherever that journey, wherever goes. it takes me. And I think that's what I want to leave us with is that we get to look at these things that seemingly maybe on the surface seem unfair because we're blaming someone, we're judging someone, even ourselves, even ourselves right? more importantly to ourselves because we're around ourselves all the time, <laughs> um, is to reframe this. And this is where I feel like I've accelerated my own ability to be teachable is to reframe things because I did take a very sort of black and white position because I was so enthusiastic and I was so passionate about things. And it really took me in a direction that was more detrimental than helpful. And so the opportunity to look at this and reframe this engagement with things that are challenging, that feel like friction, that feel like I'm, I'm struggling right now and I can't see a clear path to some healing or overcoming is that all that is, is an opportunity to get creative and innovative. Mm -hmm. And the call to action for me is connection to another person who has maybe the tools to get me through the friction. Because yeah. I can't, I've tried to do it by myself. I've tried self-help to create self-help and it's never worked. Yeah. Not, not at a scale that has really moved me forward and, and made things sustainable. It's so cliche. We right. people need people. We need we each need other. each other, and I think that's There's what so I want to leave learn. with. All of your experiences, yeah. all of Robin's experiences, yeah. and now the kids' cumulative experiences yeah. at the tender ages we of twelve just, and thirteen. We just need to learn from each other. Yeah. So this is about engagement. This is about wh whoever's listening to this right now. Think of this in a way in a reframe that allows you to be free, more freedom, more freedom to loop, to move laterally and up and down in every direction because a lot of times we can feel like there's nowhere to go yeah where do i go where do i go well there's so many opportunities kevin's viewpoint is one mine is some hybrid uchi other other things there's lots of opportunity to innovate find the things that work for you look for the things that find work for works you. for you be your own advocate trust investigate yourself. trust yourself if it doesn't feel right, honor that. Go for yeah. Go or if with it your feels feelings. good, honor that. Yes. But try not to be so editing as much as it. Be experiential because as long as you're not putting yourself in danger, this experiential data will help you mm -hmm. move towards some place where you fit perfectly. Yeah, where you're going to resonate. Where you're going to resonate, mm -hmm. and that's that's what we want to leave you with. I think you know the spirit of Wide Wonder and the spirit of Wide Wonder podcast. Get on the bus is this identification with opportunity, not sentence, 
not helplessness or hopelessness, but the complete opposite. Because what I've learned, not only through my own experience, but thousands of other people, millions of people who have overcome things way that I see, at least in my comparison, greater than, than my challenges, is that we all are capable. It's mm -hmm. not about incapability. It's not about... No, we it, all are totally capable. And so remember that. And if you want to talk to either one of us, get in touch with me through Wide Wonder Podcast, through our website, widewonder.life, through social media. There's plenty of ways to connect that yeah. way. Yeah. And that can lead to other things. Yeah. And so please reach out. And that's how we connect. That's how we connected. And, and, it's, and it's been so fruitful and, and continue, will continue to be. And so... Thank you all for getting on the bus. Thank you for sticking out whatever you're going through. I honor your struggle and there's plenty of opportunity in front of you and innovation awaiting you to find your, your spot, your sweet spot, your place of usefulness towards yourself and others where you feel a part of and connected. It's there for you. It's, it's out there. We know that. We believe in that all the way to our core essence. So thanks for joining us. And stay tuned uh, for uh, another episode of Get on the Bus sometime in the future. We'd love for you to give a review. Go to iTunes and review us. We'd really appreciate that. And get in touch with Kevin through social media, Kevin Strauss. Um, he's on LinkedIn. Um, you can and find Uchi, my patents somewhere. Yeah, patents. He's got 76 of them. Yay. And then also UchiConnect.com. UchiConnect. Or UchiConnection.com is the real Uchi one, Connection. but UchiConnect will get you. Yeah, UchiConnect. And, and, and let's get on the app, guys, and let's give them some feedback on that. Until next time, get on the bus. Zero stigma is still our goal, and we do that through connection. And let's keep that in mind as we go forward into the wherever you are, and, and let's, let's stay connected. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin, for getting on the bus. I'm so grateful that we connected on LinkedIn. Just can't tell you how much it's meant to me and you know my family. Thank you for all the support you've given me and the and for inspiring me to create closer relationships with those I love the most. It's been totally life changing. Please, everyone, get in touch with Kevin if you have more questions about his app and his mission for world peace. I'll put his contact information in the show notes. It's also incredibly important to thank our sponsor, Eating Recovery Center, who provides the very best care to patients, families, and providers of care in the treatment of and recovery from eating disorders and related conditions. I've been familiar with this company for five years, met the CEO, um, and they're simply the best, and, and other players in the, in, in the organization who are the best in their field. They have the best doctors that exist around eating disorder. And you just can't go to a better place, period. Of course, I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on this very extended ride on the bus. Just can't stop talking with Kevin. It's so inspiring. And we'd certainly love uh, a review for, for us on iTunes. Really, really would appreciate that. Also remember to follow Wide Wonder on the web at widewonder.life, as well as Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Gotta have all of them, apparently. <laughs> I'm 54, I'm not a native. Um, 
But until next time we get on the bus, I want to leave you again with my favorite Chinese proverb. If you want happiness for an hour, just take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody. Until next time, we get on the bus together. That's another podcast. Thanks for joining us.